Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yes, so let's just dive right in. Let's just go into it. I love it that there are certain, like, tweets and memes that just recycle themselves throughout time. Like, I'm seeing a lot of the memes from... um, Brett Kavanaugh, when mm-hmm. that whole thing, that whole confirmation hearing was going on, I'm yeah. seeing them resurrect themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I saw one today that I almost posted to our Instagram that was just like, women are showing considerable straight, not b- restraint, not burning down everything today. Yeah. And yeah. like, the person was just like, it's early, give it's it early. time, like, yeah. we might. Um, so, of course, what's all over my social media feed, I'm sure yours, yeah. uh, and I think a Probably lot of our a lot listeners, of yours, yeah. yeah, is the Alabama bill that has just passed. So we are going to talk about that just off the top. Mm. I know you have a lot about it. I have a lot about it. So we can just kind of dive right into what's happened here. Yeah, let's talk about what Governor Kay Ivey did, shall we? Sure. That is the Alabama governor. She signed a near-total abortion ban, which challenges the 40 years of federal abortion protection under Roe v. Wade. So I did write a little bit of information about what Roe v. Wade is, even though I know a lot of people probably know right. what I, it is. I think it is important to understand this, and we'll talk about why it's important to understand Roe v. Wade Later, uh, but all of these things that have passed. So uh, there are bills that have passed now in Alabama, which seems to be the strictest. Yes. Uh, but also Georgia, Indiana, Ohio, Missouri. Kentucky. Uh, a lot of these states are passing laws that are... <sighs> they are so ridiculous because they are trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned. Yeah. So the, the list of states is... Um... Mississippi, Kentucky, Ohio, and then lawmakers in Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, and West Virginia are considering similar proposals. So those are all the states that are, like, somewhat involved in all of this. And um, just a a recap on Roe v. Wade. It was a decision made by the Supreme Court where the court ruled that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment provides a fundamental right to privacy that protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose whether or not to have an abortion and also ruling that this right is not absolute and must be balanced against the government's interest in protecting women's health and protecting prenatal life. So they... They ruled, the court ruled that during the first trimester, the government couldn't prohibit abortion at all. The second uh, trimester, government could require reasonable health regulation. And the third trimester, abortions could be prohibited entirely so long as laws contain exceptions for life-threatening risks to the mother. So that's kind of been the baseline of where our abortion laws have been. Of course, some states are more liberal than other states. Some some states are far more conservative. So all the states that we just mentioned have ridden that very conservative line. Yeah. So basically saying that the state has no right to uh, inhibit your right to get a abortion in the first trimester. Yeah. So usually these states uh, historically have very strictly um, put laws 
essentially immediately as soon as you were in the second trimester. Yeah. What we're seeing right now, Alabama has, the Alabama Senate has just passed a bill that would ban abortion at the moment of conception. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this kind of both ways. I've seen it said at the moment of conception. I've also seen it at six weeks. Or like the heartbeat. But Heartbeat ban. Which isn't even a heartbeat. So, I mean, that's also a very misleading term Mm -hmm. uh, because it, at six weeks, the fetus or the embryo doesn't have a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have a heart. So that's a very misleading. We use the term heartbeat, like, when expectant mothers will go in and they'll do an ultrasound and they'll say, do you want to hear the heartbeat? And that is what they are referring to. Yeah. Uh, but technically, it's not a heartbeat because there is no heart yet. A heart yeah. has not developed in this embryo. What are they hearing then? Um, it's, I, I looked it up. I can't remember exactly, so I don't want to misspeak, but right. it's more of like a murmur. It's like a vibration okay. that's happening within the em- embryo. Okay, that makes so sense. It, yes. So, um, I have seen it both ways. I've seen it at, from the moment of conception and also at six weeks. Realistically, there's very little difference between those two regardless because yeah. most women don't know that they're pregnant until they're at least six weeks anyway. Yeah. And even then, so let's go off of six weeks. Like, let's okay. give them the benefit of the doubt and let's say it's not moment of conception, it's six weeks. So let's let's do that. Um, Such a benefit of the doubt. Six weeks. First of all, you very likely will not know you are pregnant at six weeks. Like, Mm -hmm. that's very likely because you won't even miss a period until you're four weeks in. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I remember when watching um, pregnancy test videos that they'll be able to detect it right after your missed period. Like, I feel like there are times when taking, like, an at-home pregnancy test that sometimes it's even hard to detect Well, and I feel like soon. the people who would be taking an at-home pregnancy test right after they miss their period are people who are trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Because when you're someone like me whose period is very unpredictable or has been yeah. uh, unpredictable, two weeks doesn't really feel like... Two weeks would be right around the time when I'd be, like... Uh, I think something might be wrong. Like, maybe I should take a pregnancy test. Yeah. So by that time, you're already out of time to get an abortion. By yeah. the time you find out you're pregnant, say by whatever kind of crazy miracle you manage to find out you're pregnant at four weeks. Getting an abortion for many people, not for everybody, is a heavy decision that requires yeah. a lot of time and thinking and emotional work on the f- on the front end. For a lot of people, not everybody. So you're having to do that emotional work and also make an appointment. That's what I was going to say, to actually go through, make the appointment, go through with it, be scheduled, all that kind of stuff. In two weeks? It's a very small time frame. Yeah, most women are not going to know they're pregnant. Yeah. Like, so... Well, I actually, I uh, this girl that I knew years ago is pregnant, and she said that she actually had, like, a period, but it was very, very short and very light. Well, people spot, even when they're on their... Uh, even when they're pregnant. Yeah, so she thought that she just had the easiest period she's ever had and didn't even think that she could be pregnant. Right. Because had just started trying. Right, and so, you know, it's really an arbitrary number to say six weeks because effectively that doesn't mean anything. You're not allowing a, a woman any amount of time. Yeah, to be able to make a kind that kind of decision, even if she fucking did know. Which I've known people who haven't known they were pregnant until they were eight weeks. Yeah. So that seems totally like normal. To yeah. Me. So six weeks, you're already beyond a time whenever you could do anything about it. Right. 
Well, and this bill also makes it a felony for a doctor to perform or attempt an abortion during any stage of pregnancy. We had a commenter say that people were spreading, like, fake news about how, like, the woman, it would be a felony for a woman to get an abortion and whether or not that was true or not. And the only thing that I read is that a doctor would be convicted of a felony or a doctor or a person who performs an abortion would be um, convicted of a felony. Although I did see that a woman would be criminalized for leaving the state to get yes, an abortion, that. which to me, so I understand what they're saying. And yes, like I should, that was my post. I posted that. Um, so I should have done more due diligence on the front hand. What I assumed that that post was talking about is if you can't get an abortion in your state, you're going to leave the state to get an abortion. And this law, so while in the state, yes, if a doctor performs an abortion in the state, that doctor would be would face 99 years yeah. in prison. So the um, mother or the person, I don't even want to say mother, the, yeah, the, the, person, the person seeking the uh, abortion would not be the person who would be uh, criminally charged in that case but. if they were <laughs> to leave the state. So, okay, so what we're talking about here is this law in Alabama, what sets it apart outside of the very narrow window mm-hmm. that a person could get an abortion. So six weeks is an incredibly narrow window. Even yeah. in the past, the the past heartbeat bills have been 12 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. an, an additional six weeks, yeah. double the time. Which is 12 weeks, I feel, has been a common marker. Right, and even, even then, a lot of people have felt like that's too... That's too, too restrictive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so this is six weeks. So already it's very restrictive. But what sets it apart outside of that is that even if, and I know we talked about this last week, but it does not allow any exceptions for rape or incest. Yeah. So if a woman was to go out of the state because no doctors in the state could give her an abortion. Yeah. She she got raped. She'd go out of the state to get an abortion. She could come back and face criminal charges. Yeah, and the guy who raped her could face no, it likely, no jail time. Likely would receive no jail time. Yeah. If he did receive jail time, it would probably be less than the oh, jail time she received. for sure. Yeah, for and sure. definitely would be less than the jail time that a doctor, doctor who performed the abortion would receive. Well, and that is made very, very obvious to me when the Alabama House Representative Terry Collins told NBC that they wanted to keep the bill's text clean as possible, specifically to address the language in Roe v. Wade and revisit the question on whether a baby in the womb is considered a person. So it kind of all goes back to that, where the people who uh, are typically the pro-life side of things believe that the fetus is a person, at the moment of conception. So people see it as murder. So I believe that if a woman were to be charged, would it not be would it be a similar charge as like a murder charge? I've seen some states consider um charging them with murder i don't think that that practically has been something that's been proposed yeah uh but would that not be in a juror's mind would that well not of be, course if they're you know, pro-life of course if they're pro-life yeah but here's the thing about that and so we're going to address roby wade in a second but like i want to talk about a little bit <laughs> this absolutely ludicrous claim that 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 this is murder because <laughs> if a woman was to do this on her it takes two people to get pregnant. Yeah. So you're saying that the man who got this woman pregnant, the rapist who got this woman pregnant, et cetera, et cetera, is not an accessory to murder? Would you not charge them in the That's same true. way that you would charge 
an accessory to murder. If you're saying that the woman is murdering a person, yeah. then would not other people who contributed to this event yeah. also be charged as an accessory to if murder? If I were to think in their pea-sized brains, I would think that they would make the argument that the the man or the partner in this situation could argue to say that it wasn't their decision to have the abortion. Do you remember when we watched the red pill and the guy said that he was really upset because the woman went off and had an abortion without like informing him? Sure, but there's also plenty of instances where the man is involved. I completely agree, but I'm saying that if if in this world that we're imagining right now, if a woman were to be charged with murder of a baby who was a fetus, a man could say, I had no part in it. That's uh, all I'm saying. Understandable, but also, like, if this law was to protect the unborn and not just to punish women, there should at least be mention totally agree. of the fact that many abortions happen with both parties, the man and the woman in this situation, I mean, going in together and making this decision. Yeah, so there's also a lot of men who pressure the women they're with right, to get so abortions. you are not even, there are no provisions mm-hmm. in the language of this bill at all, Mm-mm. at all. They that, said they're being very clean. So, so they're saying in the language of this bill, 100% of the time it's the woman making the decision yes. completely on her own with no input from anybody else. That's yep. fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, but, you know... A lot of the language in this bill, as you were talking about, is specific. It's outrageous on purpose because federally they cannot do this. Yeah. Because Roe v. Wade says they can't. Yeah. So what they are relying on is people coming forward and saying this is unconstitutional because of Roe v. Wade. They want that to happen. Yeah. So that it can escalate and get to the Supreme Court with hopes of overturning Roe v. Wade. That's what they're trying to do. Yep. Um, and this is where I get really worked up and really heated and really upset because, and I always want to err on the side of not nagging people for things that they can't do anything about now, which is not voting in the 2016 election or voting third party thinking it did no harm because by allowing Trump to become president, even with your complicity, what has happened is we now have a very conservative-leaning Supreme Court. Yep. We have Kavanaugh and Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, both of whom are pro-life Catholics. Yep. Who will not hesitate to overturn Roe v. Wade if it gets there. Yeah. So you can almost certainly, and I don't mean to be like a doomsdayer, but like you can almost certainly kiss your reproductive rights goodbye like those are on their way out this is strategic on the part of of republicans it's very strategic they are counting on it being countered yep like that's what they're counting on yeah they want it to be they want to get the attention that it's getting they want it to be countered because the more attention is brought to it the higher and higher the it will make it to the supreme court and the supreme court will overturn roe v wade like i i have no doubt short of something um extraordinary happening i i just don't think that they will uphold it yeah um and okay so we both feel of course that it's a and you know i'm gonna come off top and say that i don't foresee that i would get an abortion myself but i am pro a woman's right to choose yeah because no one has you you are not involved in those situations that has led any given person to any yeah. given point in their life. Yeah. And it's not our 
right to say what's right or wrong for that person's life. Yeah, I I can't sit here and say that I don't think I would get one because I don't know. It depends on the circumstance that I'm in. It depends on a, a lot of different factors. I'm not here to say that it's out of the question for me. Well, no. Well, it's absolutely not. I don't think it's out of the question for any woman, given the right circumstance. Right. But of I course. mean, like, I'm saying in my circumstances, I don't think that I would... I think that it would be something that I would think about. And I well, would I think that that's a universal thing. I think, yeah. like, a- any given person, given the right circumstance, being put in the right circumstance, would have to consider abortion. Mm-hmm. I think that that's not um, anything that's unusual. Um But what I will say is a lot of focus has been put on, rightly so, incest and rape. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, rightly so. There's been focus put on that. Yes. But but if you need to get an abortion or want to get an abortion for any reason, that should be your right. It's valid. That should be your right, and you should be allowed to do that. And the thing with um, banning abortion for those who are victims of incest is so bonkers to me because you are subjecting your child then to possibly have certain birth defects like that that shouldn't be something that's just like okay well i mean and and honestly like from the limited knowledge i have of of incest yeah my knowledge is very limited i think that likelihood of birth defects is actually fairly low it's not super super high you can have a healthy baby born of incest you can but that is a consideration it is something that should be considered and it shouldn't have to get to the point of the woman's life being in danger to abort that baby um or the baby's life being in danger and and potentially or correction fetus sure (laughs) but you know like or the fetus's life or baby's life, you yeah. know, because when we talk about late-term abortions, that is what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the this child at this point. Yeah. The quality of life is not going to yeah. be good enough for you to want to sustain this. Yes. Um, You know, it's just... Anyway, so uh, Roger Smitherman, who's a Democrat in Alabama, he asked, what would happen under the bill to a young girl who was the victim of incest and found out she was pregnant? And one of the Republican senators said that he hoped the bill would result in young women uh, learning to seek physical and mental help quickly if they were abused. He said, and I quote, What I hope is if we pass this bill that all young ladies would be educated by their parents, their guardians, that should a situation occur like this, you need to get help. You need to do it immediately. Then also they can get justice in the situation. If they wait, justice delayed is justice denied. So you're putting the onus on a on a girl, on a yeah. on a girl yeah. who's just gone through a traumatic event yeah. to open up about her open experience. up, speak up about it. And then you're also telling us that this broken judicial system that we have seen time and time again is fail victims yeah. is going to somehow support this girl. And if she doesn't do it, well, then that's fucking her fault. Well, and then also that, that girl is still pregnant via rape. Right. Then what? And then what? I mean, because I Just think... Just because that guy's in jail doesn't mean that her circumstances are any different. Right. You're still asking her to carry her rapist's baby to term yeah. which the indignity of that i can't even imagine and yeah. i know that people have done it and i know that you know there have been a variety of outcomes for that situation but that's not saying that every single person um is fit for that like yeah. we are going to just so you guys have an update our next episode is going to be about like essentially maternal mental health and yeah. postpartum depression and things like that these things 
matter. They do. And when you talk about the health of a woman and the risk to her life, it's not just a physical risk that she is facing. Yeah. I cannot imagine the mental and emotional trauma. Well, and also you are at times then putting the child at that point, the the live birthed child at risk because of some of the strain that the mother could be going through mentally and physically. You know what I right. mean? Like that's not thinking about the life of the child once it's being brought into well, the world. Well, I mean, none of this is ever thinking about the life no. of the child after it's brought into the world. No. And I saw something that uh, really struck a chord with me that was just like, this is really a class issue mm-hmm. because these people who are passing this law and these people who are rich white people, this is never going to really affect them because their mistresses, their daughters, the people who they want to have an abortion because it's not, um, Doesn't it's fit not their desirable lifestyle. for them yeah. at that time. They will always find a way to do it. Yeah, one hundred percent of the They'll time. They'll pay people off. They will find a way to yeah. do it, but. Poor people will not be able to find a way to do it. And then you're just... And they won't be given no mercy. And you're continuing the cycle of poverty because of this. Yeah. Well, and speaking of rich people who can pay someone off to get an abortion, <laughs> let's let's see what Donald Trump has to say about all this, shall we? So in response to the Alabama bill, the White House says that Donald Trump is, quote, defending the dignity of life. The statement says, unlike radical Democrats who have cheered legislation allowing a baby to be ripped from their mother's womb moments before birth. That's not how it works. I know. (laughs) President Trump is protecting our most innocent and vulnerable, defending the dignity of life and called Congress to prohibit late term abortions. That's That's not not what we're fucking talking about. I know. Six weeks after conception is not late term and but the language ripping uh well child, I mean, like it's just this, it's so it does it's go hand in hand a picture in people's minds of what an abortion is and it's so right fucked up. and it does go hand in hand with what i was trying to say earlier yeah. which i totally muddled but what i was trying to say is that there are instances when late because that was a big thing new york passed a thing that essentially allowed late-term abortions in some cases. But the thing is, if a late-term abortion is taking place, it's because there is significant risk to either the yeah. the child or the mother I would at say, that point. I would say typically if a, if a woman has carried the child basically to term, right. that there would be other things, there would it's be not other that she things in place. It's not that she does not want that kid. Or, or that or that she would be putting the kid up for adoption. Or like there, I would have right. thinking yes. that there would be other um, plans in place. 90% you know? of the time, that's a figure I'm just throwing out there. So don't quote me on that. I was going to say, you just knew that off the top no, of your head. No, but I mean... But it is something like that. I have mm-hmm. looked at the numbers before. A, a considerable amount, almost every... They're not going to let you have a late-term abortion mm-hmm. unless there is something, some extenuating circumstance. And usually what that is... I've read many op-eds after that thing in New York passed. There were a lot of op-eds from mothers who were saying, uh, or women who were saying, you know, I've had six miscarriages and I finally was able to carry this baby all the way to, you know, however many weeks and was excited to have this child. And then they told me it was either carry a dead baby, like your baby was going to die in your womb, carry a dead baby to term, or your baby would be born and then it would be in pain. Yeah. And it would die shortly after you birthed, you'd birth a baby just for it to die immediately. Like there are circumstances in which a 
parent or a mother or a woman or a man would say this is the most humane thing for something. It's born of love. It's not born of like, I just want to kill this baby. Either way is going to suck. And it, and it does. It does suck. It's not, I feel like, yes, I'm sure there are women where it isn't really a big deal or people where it isn't as big of a deal as it is to some people. But I feel like for, uh, for most, I'm going to go out there and say that the decision to have an abortion is a big decision. Just like deciding to carry a baby to term is a big decision. It's not something where they're like, oh, I'm just going to kill this thing off, whatever we do. I know women who have told me many times and stand by the fact that they do not want kids. Yeah. And they stand by that. But they have had either an abortion or a miscarriage, and they still feel sadness about yeah. that, even though they don't want kids. But there is still something that they've had to deal with emotionally mm-hmm. that is hard for them. And some people, that's not the case, and that's fine, too. Yeah. Like, if you don't feel everyone anything, handles things differently. everyone handles things differently. But in general, I would say it, it is probably something that, bare minimum, they have to devote a lot of time and energy thinking about and making a decision about. I mean, because even if it's not the loss of a potential child that's upsetting to you, it is a medical procedure you're going to have to go in for and recover from. It's a big decision. People don't just make it willy-nilly. I don't know. This whole thing has been very upsetting to me. People's reactions have been upsetting to me. I've unfriended people already this week. Uh, over, over it. I'm, I'm so glad I don't go on Facebook anymore. Um, someone had posted, it's not someone I talked to in a long time, but he had posted something about how if a woman was raped and had to carry her baby, well, two wrongs don't make a right and I will just arrest the rapist. And I'm just like, mm. I, okay. So I unfriended that person. Bye. Goodbye. Well, I really, you know, I love my girl, Busy Phillips, right? Yes, I do. So she, and we posted about this on her Instagram. We've gotten lots of traffic on that but she opened up on her show busy tonight about getting an abortion at age 15 and she says that statistics is uh the statistics is that one in four women will have an abortion before age 45 you may be sitting there thinking i don't know a woman who has had an abortion you do well you know me she says so now thousands of women have shared their stories by using the hashtag you know me and busy was inspired by the hashtag me too movement and wanted to end the stigma around abortion and this is something that is probably very jarring and shocking for a lot of people for this to be in like mainstream media i for one think it's incredibly empowering for people to be able to tell their stories for something that they probably have felt shame for no matter how they responded to it themselves Um, shame for not wanting to share their story or people to know because they don't want to be judged for it. And I think that by other women sharing their stories, it's connecting with those people who have felt that shame, where even if they can't share the stories themselves, they feel less alone. Yeah, I agree. And it's good for people who haven't had abortions or have experiences with it to be able to understand that this is a real human person who's gone through this thing. Right. I mean, and I will say, like, there were times I grew up, you know, in a very kind of strict, morally strict Mm -hmm. lifestyle. There were times after I was having sex when people around me didn't know that I was having sex when I was, like, in my late teens, my early 20s, and didn't want my parents to know that I was having sex where I had scares, like pregnancy scares. And it is, it was such a hard 
thing for me to and, have to... And I would assume lonely. It, it, yeah. I mean, of course, because it was such a thing. Like, normally I would talk to my mom about it, couldn't talk to her about it. And it was one of those things where you were grappling with the idea of feeling like this deep, deep shame if you were. Yeah. And having to f- tell your parents and follow through with that, which was almost an unbearable thing to think about. Yeah. And meanwhile, you were raised with this belief that you should never have an abortion. Yeah. And so that there was deep, deep shame in even thinking that that could be a possibility for yeah. you. And so it was very, very isolating. Yeah. Like, it's very isolating. Yeah. And I, you know, I also was raised, I was raised Catholic, as a lot of you know. And I remember, I've told this story on the, on the show before, so I'll just say it briefly. But I just remember when Al Gore was running for president and they, like, these classes were making pro-choice like posters and putting them pro all life. over pro life, sorry, pro yeah. life posters and putting them all over the school. And I was very, very young, and but I knew that my parents were pro choice, and I knew that they would be voting for Al Gore. And when I said something, not really realizing the weight of what I said about being pro choice, I got called a baby killer. Well, yeah, and yeah, no one wanted to play with me because yeah. I was the baby killer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I understand that it's a very emotionally charged issue on on both sides. I yeah. understand that, but. The point is, if you're not here to fucking help, then get out. then get out. Like, yeah. you get to, then just get out. And you can't tell me that this is anything but anti-woman if you're not willing to hold the men who who are also yeah. in this situation responsible it's for this. It's just like fucking like, anti anti science and anti logic at this point too. It's like all of it. Yeah, Bill and I taught you. It's bullshit. <laughs> and you know what? I fucking hate her, but even Tommy Lauren, yeah. like, posted something where she was just like, these laws are too restrictive. Yeah. And you know, if that, like, blonde Barbie fucking came forward and said that shit, that, like, that's... It's legit. That's the case. Okay, so I'm just going to touch on these things really quickly. Yes. Uh, for the end of our episode here, we rightfully talked about that issue yes. for a while. That's pretty... That's, like, all I have. That's, so that's what I'm we should have... something else. That's what we should have done. So, um, as we know now, there are way too many fucking candidates... In the 2020 race. Yeah. There are too many. We're over 20 at this point on the Democrat side. It's ridiculous. It needs to stop. I'm done. (laughs) But uh, I, and I feel really sad because I feel like she is not going to get very far. But so far, and who knows, I might change my mind once I start seeing a lot more stuff. But so far... I'm kind of team Elizabeth Warren right now. You are. She is she has moved forward throughout this entire thing with so much conviction. She's one of the only people talking about policy. Yeah. She doesn't seem to be caring about like who she's isolating. She's just like this is what I believe. She's like I'm anti big bank. I'm like ready for the middle class to fucking rise up. Like I love rise her. Up. Um But so recently, Bernie Sanders did a town hall on Fox News and people were like, oh, don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, Him agreeing to be on Fox News. Yeah. However, it did go very well. It was received pretty well. It seems like Fox News wore ready for him (laughs) to be on there. Although, and you know how I feel about Bernie Sanders. I do like Bernie Sanders, but he seems... Not for this election. No. And he does seem to run on the same... He only has, like, five talking points that he's going to hit every time. And I'm like, what else can you bring me, Bernie? Being president is about more than that, you know? Right. Um, But they, Fox News did also offer a town hall to Elizabeth Warren, and she 
turned it down. She said, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> she said, and I quote, I love town halls. I've done more than 70 since January, and I'm glad uh-huh. to have a television audience be a part of them. Fox News has invited me to do a town hall, but I'm turning them down, and here's why. Fox News is a hate-for-profit racket that gives a megaphone to racists and conspiracists. It does, it's designed to turn us against each other, risking life and death consequences to provide cover for the corruption that's rotting our government and hallowing out our middle class. What did I just do the whole time you said that? You danced. It was I did lovely. Like a tu- I did like a touchdown yes, dance. Yes, like, what, yes, what, yes, 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 um, yes, yes. I love it. It's, she doesn't want to give ammunition to uh, the ads people yes. for Fox News, for ad sales people, because so far the only thing that has ever made them change their minds on anything is people threatening to pull their sales, like yeah. pull their ads yeah. from their show. So Which doesn't say much. She doesn't want to appear on Fox News and then give ammunition to Fox News for them to be able to go to ad sales and say, look, we really are unbiased. Yeah. And we really are like looking at That's things the, from they, both they views. Have, they have an agenda. Yeah. You know? it's it, We're balanced. Yeah. You know, so she doesn't want to do that. And I agree. I think, yeah. you know, some people might argue that this would allow her to see, like, to be exposed to a wider audience. They're not going to listen to her. However, that's exactly right. My My feeling is if... People care enough to want to see if if that audience, people who watch Fox News, Fox News care enough to see uh, what Is she has to say, yeah. they will go to another network to watch her town hall. Like, yeah. If if they care that much to yeah, see what Elizabeth Warren has to say, they'll go to M- MSNBC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't need to watch it on Fox News. So I'm Agreed. really happy about that. Um, I have something else, but we'll save that for next time. You sure? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a lot on one topic, but it's a pretty important one. It is. I feel fine with having it kind of go for most of the episode. Um, If you would like to reach out to us with any of your responses to what we spoke about today, feel free to email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We are also taking fatherhood stories and coming out stories for the month of June. So we really, really need your stories, much like we did for the motherhood episode. So do not hesitate to send those into our email. You can also direct message us and follow us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter if you want. It is at Yanf Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. I was like, is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? <laughs> We're also on Facebook. We have a business and a group page. You can find us there. You can uh, rate and review us on our Facebook business page as well. We really love it when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That makes us the most happy. It also makes us really happy when you listen on Radio Public. Go ahead and sign up for that app. It's free for you, and it helps us out a little bit, so we very much appreciate it. Oh, my God. I just got a huge Charlie horse on my foot. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, I've gotten, like, two today in the same foot. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I can finish this episode. I am really open to hearing about your abortion stories. <gasps> if you yes. want to share your abortion story with us, because I have heard several abortion stories and they do run the gamut between something that was very difficult and hard and something that was a relief for people. Yeah. So I would love to hear your stories. If you have a personal experience with abortion that you want to share, um, kind of destigmatize this whole idea of abortion, please write that into us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We can totally keep you completely confidential and yes. anonymous. We don't have to reveal your name or any of your information. It would just be to, to kind of have this there. this sharing experience about yeah. about it. So I would love to even just have a whole what's in the news episode. 
yeah devoted to devoted to that i I would too yeah so thank you guys so much for listening with all that being said we encourage you to rage on bye Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.